2: On the long list of things the COVID pandemic has taken from us this year, add Thanksgiving.
0: A large family Thanksgiving gathering, particularly among different age groups, runs the risk of turning the dinner table into a COVID hotspot.
2: It's going to happen. It is going to happen. This week on 880 In-Depth, we look at the threat posed by gathering for Thanksgiving this year, especially with so many college students returning home.
3: I would urge people to only see one another outdoors, not gather indoors at all with people who are not in your immediate household or in your pandemic bubble. It's just not safe. It's just not safe.
2: We hear from the head of Atlantic Health, one of New Jersey's leading health care organizations, and we'll talk to leading emergency medical physician, Dr. Lena Wen on this week's 880 In-Depth. Welcome to 880 In-Depth. I'm Tim Sheldon. Let's get right to it. Thanksgiving is a holiday and people come together. Which is why Governor Cuomo felt it important to tell us this week during one of his COVID briefings. You will see a tremendous spike after Thanksgiving. Tremendous spike. As we head into this holiday week. Thanksgiving is definitely raising anxiety levels everywhere you turn. Our Peter Haskell got on the phone with emergency physician and public health professor Dr. Lena Wen from George Washington University.
3: Right now we have coronavirus surging across the country. Hospitals are already overwhelmed. We're breaking yesterday's records today. We'll break today's records tomorrow. I would highly urge people to rethink their Thanksgiving plans. The safest thing that we can do is to socialize outdoors only with households spaced at least six feet apart. If you want to gather indoors, you should have already started your quarantine period because the safest thing to do is to quarantine for 14 days and then get tested and then get together. For a lot of people, that's not going to be practical. And if that's the case, then I would urge people to only see one another outdoors, not gather indoors at all with people who are not in your immediate household or in your pandemic bubble. If you cannot do that, then the best thing that we can do to protect our loved ones this year is to not see them in person.
0: So what if I've got an an elderly parent? I don't want them to be alone. What if, if I've got a college kid who's coming home? What do I tell them?
3: Well, I think these are two very different situations. So the first, let's take them separately. If you are concerned about an elderly parent. And by the way, I totally understand this. I, um, my husband and I are not seeing our parents, um, this Thanksgiving. We have a, um, a, we have two young kids, including a baby that the grandparents have never met. And so it really is heartbreaking for us as it is for so many people around the country. Um, but the safest thing to do, again, given how vulnerable elderly individuals are to coronavirus if there isn't a way to see them outdoors safely then i would highly encourage not seeing them this year because i am certain that none of us would want to inadvertently sicken our parents our grandparents the people that we care about the most again you, there are ways to do this safely you can see people outdoors space six feet apart if you don't have a backyard you can go to a park and see people even if it's for a short time outside you don't also have to see people on thanksgiving if the weather is bad maybe reschedule for the day before or day after and also know that this is not for forever we have to get through this winter by next winter we could well have a vaccine multiple vaccines multiple therapeutics so we have to get through this winter separate question about college kids There may be college students that have already let out for for the semester and kids are coming home, in which case the ideal thing to do is still to see if the students can quarantine for at least seven days and then get tested prior to returning home. Many students will not be able to do this. They may live in dorms or in other ways just may not have access to uh, to to the ability to quarantine, in which case they should quarantine after they arrive home ideally quarantine for seven days, ideally 14 days, but if they cannot quarantine for seven days and then get tested after they return home, that's really critical. Even if they get one test before they leave, that's not enough in case they were exposed right before they got that test.
2: The influx of college students back into our homes for this holiday is not lost on many of the governors of states across our country. They now seem to be teaming up more and more on initiatives like this one announced this week by New Jersey's Governor Phil Murphy.
0: We are as a group urging all of our colleges and universities to make COVID testing available to all residential students before they leave for Thanksgiving break. Testing for students prior to their departures home is a critical step for reducing the risk of transmission across our region i don't think it's every school but it certainly is being strongly encouraged that when you get home from thanksgiving you're hopefully here through the end of january at this point and that is our hope
2: and hope is what dr lena Wen expressed despite the surge all around us our peter haskell asked her pointedly can we beat back the current wave
3: we can the outcome that we unfortunately are facing with this explosion of cases leading to more than 2,000 deaths per day, maybe more than 200,000 additional deaths by the end of the winter, that's not inevitable. We have the ability to turn back this trajectory. In the absence of federal leadership at this point, we have to take matters into our own hands. And that means we all have to wear masks in public spaces. All of us need to stay away from indoor, crowded gatherings. These are the highest risk for transmission of COVID-19. It's up to us at this point to protect ourselves, our loved ones, and our communities.
0: Dr. Anthony Fauci was talking about getting a national plan when President-elect Biden becomes president. Based on where we stand, is it too late for that? Is anybody going to pay attention?
3: Well, you bring up a really important point, which is that you could have the best policy on paper. That's based on the best theories, but if people are not going to be following that guidance, then it's not going to do much good, which is already what we're seeing with mask guidance. We know that wearing masks is something that's a public health imperative, but if people are not literally wearing the mask, then that's not going to do much good either. And so I do think and have hope for the Biden administration coming in and putting together A national strategy that's important because we need a national plan for things like vaccine distribution for testing, contact tracing that we have not had all along. But I also think that this is the single biggest challenge for the incoming, um, for the president-elect and his team, which is establishing trust and credibility. Public health hinges on that public trust. And I hope that they will not only enlist top public health experts, which is essential, but they will also reach out to prominent Republicans to economists, to business leaders, to pastors and church leaders. These are groups whose buy-in will be really critical because otherwise many millions of Americans will continue to not follow the public health guidance.
0: We've gotten a certain amount of good news when it comes to vaccines. If you could describe the challenges of actually distributing these vaccines.
3: Yeah, so it is great news that we have two potential vaccines that are showing a high degree of efficacy so far that's actually beyond the wildest dreams for a lot of us. I mean, if it really pans out that these vaccines are more than 90% effective, that would be amazing. But we know that it's not just the vaccine that saves lives, it's the vaccination. That And for vaccination campaigns to be successful, the vaccine has to be trusted and there needs to be many steps that are done in order to produce to manufacture and distribute hundreds of millions of doses of the vaccine so there are huge challenges ahead of us um, that the incoming biden administration as well as state and local officials will have to take on and i hope that they'll be given every resource and that operational warp speed the development of the vaccine will then translate also into a warp speed for distribution of the vaccine too
0: how important is federal leadership and how does the federal government provide that leadership
3: well where we are now is very different from where we would have been back in february if the federal government provided that leadership then at that point actually it would have been a much lighter lift because right now not only do all these policies have to be implemented There is also much to be done when it comes to countering many months of disinformation and countering that mistrust and distrust that's been established over the last several months. And so I think that this is a Herculean task, um, but that it needs to be tried because many hundreds of thousands of lives depend on it.
2: We had one more question for Dr. Lena Wen. She's a former health commissioner for the city of Baltimore. We wanted to hear what she thought about local leaders like New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo expressing some doubt on the federal government's vaccine rollout.
3: You know, I have mixed views on this. Um, In general, um, I don't think it's great that states are preempting the federal government. Also, it may set up a bad precedent For other states in the future, what happens if there are other states that are led by officials who do not believe in science, which I know is not the case with Governor Cuomo. Don't get me wrong. But what if in the future there is an FDA that actually is science driven, but there are states that are not science driven and those states want to implement their own procedures? There is a precedent issue here that I'm really worried about. At the same time, as a former local health official, I very much understand that your top priority always has to be protecting those people that you serve. And so I very much also understand why Governor Cuomo would want to form this um, this committee himself in order to safeguard the health of, the, of New Yorkers. Hopefully, there will not be any conflict at all. Hopefully, whatever comes out of the federal government is going to be okayed by this state commission, um, and there won't be any conflict. Um, but again, I think we're all on the same page in terms of what we want, which is that we want a safe, effective, and trusted vaccine. <music> And
2: about that vaccine, or actually what we expect, could be multiple vaccines getting approved, perhaps by the middle of next month. We wanted to learn more about how the supply and distribution might work. We turned to Brian Granulati, President and CEO of Atlantic Health in New Jersey, one of the state's leading healthcare organizations. Aside from being the immediate past chair of the American Hospital Association Board, Brian is also one of the members on New Jersey Governor Murphy's COVID task force.
1: When this vaccine uh, is is, um, given the green light to go, the good news is that um, because of uh, the federal government's uh, uh, intervention early, um, the manufacturing has already started. And um, so there will be uh, vaccine available uh, upon its approval and um, that often gets confused in the in the in the media it's called project warp speed and one thing that i try to assure people is that the scientific processes are being followed what what project warp speed about is about is how to give the drug companies the opportunity to begin manufacturing this before final approval is received uh, and and holding them basically uh, uh, immune to any financial impact, negative financial impact in the effect in the event that it doesn't get approved. So think of it as a hedging opportunity that these companies have been given. So production is already underway. The feedback that we're getting uh, from the from the go- from the drug companies and through the federal government is if all goes as planned. Um, There should be vaccine available at the end of December. So if that's the case, each state has been required to submit to the federal government a plan for distribution based on certain principles. And one of those principles is that because this will be in short supply, particularly at the beginning, because while manufacturing has started, that manufacturing will need to continue, um, there has to be some priorities set um, for who gets the vaccine first. And while the government, governor is going to make a final decision, I think what we keep hearing across the country and even in our conversations uh, among um, uh, people in New Jersey is that you know our healthcare providers, our frontline providers who are patient-facing, really ought to have the opportunity. Uh, to be immunized. And so that will probably, not 100%, but that'll probably be the first tranche of uh, deployment of the vaccine. But as I said, these vaccines, and I'm hoping it's more than one, will continue to be produced and distributed as they become available. So we're going to see that continue to roll out for several months. And there's a a priority-setting process uh, after this initial phase which then uh, uh, addresses issues, uh, people who have uh, really uh, significant uh, underlying conditions, or uh, meet age criteria, or people who are in vulnerable situations, because I think it's very important that these vaccines get distributed equitably. So the real question that I think most people have on their mind is when can the general public begin to see uh, this vaccine available? And I honestly think that that's going to probably be uh, in the uh, early uh, and late spring after um, we're able to hit the uh, other priorities. In terms of how the vaccine uh, gets administered, because having it available is one thing, but getting people um, immunized is another, uh, it's going to depend on a couple things. The first is people are going to have to be willing to take the vaccine. And uh, part of what we're working on is to make sure that we're getting information about uh, the vaccine development so the people understand that it will be safe. Um, The second thing is we have to have mechanisms to distribute it. And that's really what's being discussed on a state-by-state basis. uh, And included in um, those discussions will be the role of large uh, pharmacies uh, and, and drug stores, places like CVS and, and Walgreens have been discussed federally, uh, uh, in terms of being part of the distribution. But we gotta make sure that these vaccines can get into our vulnerable communities. Um, so federally qualified health centers and uh, other things are gonna be an important part of this. And a lot of those decisions are, are not yet made. What are being discussed uh, uh, in, in each of the states, including New Jersey.
0: So it sounds like the pharmacies will play a large role, but for a system like Atlantic, do you distribute it? Do you give vaccinations at the hospital? Are there clinics or urgent care facilities? Are there doctors affiliated with the system that will have it at their offices? Do we know yet about these things?
1: Yeah, we don't we don't know uh, exactly uh, how that's going to occur. Um, The state is going to come out with a plan and it'll 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 you know, the governor uh, needs to provide that. Um, My perspective on this uh, is that um, hospitals and health systems in the state of New Jersey will have an important role to play to make sure that this vaccine is distributed and uh, and, and people are vaccinated. So we're looking forward to working with the state on this important issue and making sure that our communities have have access to this vaccine and can get immunized as soon as it is available. And the thing we need to remember about uh, uh, the two candidate vaccines right now, the Pfizer, uh, vaccine, uh, re- requires, uh, ultra cold temperature, uh, in order to, uh, um, you know, stay stable. And, um, that's something that we're working on in the state because access to those types of, of freezers, uh, that's not a common freezer that, that one would see. And, um, so the state is inventorying, um, the areas where we have that. We have that at, at, at Atlantic. And we're uh, acquiring more, uh, uh, freezers of that nature. Um, so that's an important piece. And then the second thing that, um, is, is important in terms of, uh, uh this, uh, deployment of the vaccine is we've got to make sure that it's, uh, easily accessible to people who need it. When we're doing it to frontline health care workers, obviously, uh, when we're providing that, that's, that's easier for us. Um, because uh, we have an opportunity to do that in the workplace. As we move out and uh, begin to offer this to uh, a broader community, that's where we're going to need to see innovative ways of of getting it uh, into the communities and where people live so that it's convenient for them to, uh, to get the vaccine. But those things are still being worked on at this point.
0: How much guidance is coming from the federal government? And would it be better to have more guidance so the states don't run up against different kind of plans, different kinds of distribution methods? If, and, and is the state going to be ready with its plan by the time this vaccine, the first one, is approved?
1: So um, the federal government has actually been providing uh a good guidance and um and as i said each state has been required to submit a plan here in new jersey the governor has done a a really great job and the health commissioner has done a great job with their teams of involving uh, a number of uh, of us in that conversation and getting advice and guidance and i have a lot of um, uh, optimism about what we're going to be able to do here uh, in new jersey but let me tell you something that I'm worried about. During this, this transition uh, between um, uh, the Trump administration and the Biden administration, it is very important that the handoffs are seamless. And so this week, the American Hospital Association, the American Medical Association, and the Organization of Nurses came together in a letter to the Trump administration asking them to cooperate with the transition team uh, for uh, President-elect Biden so that we have a seamless handoff uh, for all of the activities related to COVID, including these very positive developments around vaccines. How much
0: of a concern is it that there will be people who say, I don't want it, I don't trust it, I'm not going to take it?
1: Yes, we're very concerned that there are people who are fearful of taking this vaccine. And the reason we're concerned is because um, we've seen it with just the normal flu vaccines, where less than half of the population get immunized for flu. And, um, you know, that is very effective. Now, I can tell you that in our clinics uh, this year, because of uh all of the, all of the work that everybody's doing to try to educate the public about getting just a normal flu vaccine. We've seen about a 30% increase in the number of vaccinations we've done. So I've got some hope about that. But as it relates to, uh, this vaccine, uh, there are concerns about this. And I think part of the concern is, uh, is, is, is based on some confusion about what project warp speed really means. If I were to name something that uh, brings uh, a vaccine to early development, I wouldn't have named it warp speed because there's there's a, a belief that that means that steps are being skipped scientifically. And that's what people are concerned about. But that is not the case. And when we look at particularly these two vaccines right now that are going through the process of approval, we can see that they are following good scientific rigor. Because you have to determine, one, the efficacy, does it work, and how well does it work? And those are the numbers you've seen published that are over 90%. And then second, um, is it safe? And that's really why these trials occur, to look at the safety. And these patients will be followed and continue to be followed. So the scientific process is being followed. But what Project Warp Speed does is it creates an opportunity for companies to begin to produce the vaccines ahead of final approval. And they're able to do that because the government is providing financial support that in the event that um, these drugs don't get final approval, the companies will not lose hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So think of it as a parallel process where the scientific process is following the course that it should and the production process is being hedged by the federal government. That's why we're seeing these come to market so quickly. And uh, consequently, um, I believe that this is uh, an appropriate process that they're going through scientifically and that these vaccines will be safe. Here in New Jersey, we are seeing, um, you know, significant increases. And as the governor has told us, they tend to be associated with large gatherings where people let their guard down. And I think that that's particularly uh, concerning going into this holiday season. And um, so um, we are seeing um, increases. Um, fortunately, the number of hospitalizations is um, not at the level that we saw it in the spring. And that's because of um, two things. One is um, people who have pre existing conditions and are older are following the rules. And therefore, we're seeing fewer of those patients uh, get the virus. But, uh, but, uh, most importantly, um, uh, we have, uh, these new technologies that we can use, new drugs and new treatments that are helping keep people out of the hospital. Uh, the Eli Lilly, uh, monoclonal antibody is an example of that. We started, uh, uh, being able to deploy that this week. And, um, we also, um, uh, are, are able to not have patients uh, going to the ICUs as often, or be on ventilators. So we're concerned about the utilization. We're concerned about the jump. We're concerned about the impact on hospitals. But um, it is nowhere near what we have seen in the spring. And in order to keep it from getting there, people just need to hang in there because there is light at the end of the tunnel. These vaccine developments are, are incredible. And if we can just keep up the discipline of staying distanced, wearing masks, and washing our hands for another 100 days, we're going we're to get there. And that's really what I'm encouraging um, our team members to think about at Atlantic and also the community.
0: President Trump has largely left any kind of rules and regulations up to the states. With, with the new President Biden coming in, Do we need a national strategy, be it the mask mandate or anything else?
1: We do. Uh, We do need a national strategy. We need a national strategy on testing. We need a national strategy on um, uh, following the three simple rules. But it's important that the states and the local areas can then work in the context of that. And I think that Governor Murphy has done a great job here uh, in New Jersey, uh, trying to balance these needs, and I know that there's been criticisms uh, about this, um, but we've, uh, I think, um, here in New Jersey, done a lot to protect uh, our citizens. Um, but it's important that we continue to keep the economy open um, because, you know, part of the pandemic uh, is 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 really uh, uh, this severe impact on the economy. But unless we get the virus right, the economy is going to continue to suffer. So they're interdependent, and these situations need to be made on a a regional basis. And uh, I think that that's really what um, the governor has been doing, and uh, we've been helping provide uh, advice, and he's been listening to us. Uh, And, uh, again, if people just hang in there, follow the rules, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you know i'm hoping that uh, by next summer um, we can have a, a much different summer than we did this year
2: and one more public service announcement about really thinking hard about how you gather for this upcoming thanksgiving holiday
1: i think it is really really important for people to take that seriously because letting your guard down right now is going to put your family members at risk it's going to put other people in the community at risk, and it's going to extend this problem. So, again, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Hang in there, make a change this year so that we won't have to continue uh, on this path next year.
2: Our thanks to Atlantic Health's Brian Granulati and George Washington University's Dr. Lena Wen. 880 in depth. Is a production of WCBS News Radio 880 in New York City. Executive producers are Peter Haskell and myself, Tim Scheldt. Subscribe so you don't miss a topic. Tell a friend about us. We're thankful for your support. And a safe Thanksgiving holiday to you and yours.